You're listening to the Dad Whisperer Podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. Be sure to follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find out more about Dr. Michelle at drmichellewatson.com. That's drmichellewatson.com. Here now is your host, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. Welcome. I'm Dr. Michelle Canfield, the Dad Whisperer. I'm so glad you're joining me here today. And dads, you are going to be so glad you tuned in today. I've got a special guest, and I'm going to keep his name from you for just another minute. As you know, every week I use the grid on your market, set, go. So dads, as you see yourself standing side by side each other, getting ready to run your fathering race this week, I'm on the sidelines as your coach cheering you on and saying on your mark, get set, go. On your mark is the topic or the theme. Get set. We're going to fill that in with stories and stats. And then go is always your practical action step so that you can put the things we talk about into action to be the dad you want to be and the hero your kids need you to be. Well, today I have a guest coach joining me. His name is Steve Arterburn, and we're here at the National Religious Broadcasters Conference. You're going to hear some noise in the background, but we are going to keep it rolling, aren't we, Stephen? We are going to do that. We are. So he is the founder and chairman of New Life Ministries, the host of the number one nationally syndicated Christian counseling talk show, New Life Live. Well, you know me private practice and counseling. I love mm. anybody who has a kindred spirit that wants to deal with real issues, talk about them and get you moving through them. Yeah. He also is heard and watched by over 2 million people each week on nearly 200 radio stations. He's a best-selling author and a nationally and internationally known speaker. He is on radio, television, this guy's everywhere. I'm sure you've probably read some of his books. He resides with his family in Fishers, Indiana, and we're going to be talking about the latest title of one of his books, which is a 100 Days of Freedom from Fear and Anxiety. So today for On Your Mark, we are calling this Fathering with Freedom from Fear. That is going to transform mm. you as fathers. So welcome, Steve Arterburn. Thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me. And you know, um, when I started out as a father, I, I had a bit of fear and there weren't a lot of people <laughs> around telling me what to do. So if you are afraid, that that's nothing to be ashamed of. But I think the guidance that you're giving these guys and your husband, Ken, is really one of the things that we can do as dads to take the fear away and replace it with some really great foundational material so our kids will turn out as, as good as possible. Yeah, as good as possible. And you know what I appreciate you saying, Steve, is that you admitted you had fear. Oh, because I, I have found that a lot of men are taught or coached or kind of, let's say, brainwashed yeah. to think that that's something women have. Yeah. Like women will admit they're afraid, but we men have got to be strong. Can we just start there before I even ask you about your family since you brought that yeah. up? Is How would you encourage men to admit they're afraid? Well, one thing that would indicate they're afraid is if they are reactive versus responsive fathers. And here's what I mean. If you're reacting to the way your father treated you, so you're doing exactly the opposite, then you're fathering in reaction to your father versus in response to what your child needs. Okay, come on, that's and the good truth. And then if you love your dad and he was wonderful and you're trying to repeat what he did with you, it 
it just may not go well because you might have a unique child. I'll give you a simple example. Okay. Maybe you and your dad, you know, sports, football, all this. But now you have a son that loves the violin and music and dance. And if you are planning on bonding with this kid over mm -hmm. sports, not going to happen. So we want to respond to the child's need, not do anything out of reaction, to good or bad. Right. I tell uh, people all the time, you know, you, you simply have to leave your father and get over your mother. Every boy has <laughs> to do on. that. Okay. You have to do that. And, whether, and that means whether they were great or not great, you have a job yeah. to do. And a lot of guys had great moms and they never got over her. And um. now the wife can't be quite as wonderful as mom was. No one can ever do that. So it's important that we just stop for a minute and say, what, what am I leaning on? Yeah. Is it an old pattern? Is it something that, uh, you know, is, makes me feel comfortable, but not necessarily is it uh, healthy for me to do? That's what we want guys to be thinking about. Love it. Okay, so you just talked, Steve, about the fact that you have had fear as a, when you were a new father. You yeah. told me that your firstborn is a daughter, right. so dads and daughters are my lane, yeah. and she's 30 now. She is. And then you have a daughter who's 12. You got some yeah. boys sprinkled in there. So when you think about fathering your daughters differently than, yeah. than the boys, what was that like for you? Was it a different kind of fear to yeah. raise daughters than boys? Well, when my daughter was about nine, my wife at the time had an affair. And when I confronted her, she divorced me. And mm. I became the primary parent of my daughter, Madeline. Mm. We lived in Laguna Beach and she lived with me. And it was one of the most remarkable things ever that I got to be her father. You know, I had paid for uh, an abortion, and um, Madeline came to us by way of adoption from a couple who decided not to have an abortion. So it was a great uh, gift from yes. God to me. So Thank you, first of all, for being honest about yeah. that. I trust men listening will see the transparency and vulnerability that you have to be honest about your story. So I've been honest about my story with her, and, and people say, oh, you know, don't share things with your kids because they'll use that as an excuse to go do something. I said, well, you know what? If your kids are looking for an excuse to go do something, uh, they'll find that yeah, excuse. Yeah, come on. It doesn't have yes, to be that. Yes, they will. But let me tell you about Madeline. We lived in Laguna Beach, and I think, she might be the only girl to ever graduate from Laguna Beach High School because everybody had sex on the beach and, and uh, <laughs> okay. smoking weed. She was a virgin when she graduated. She had never touched a drop of alcohol or drugs or anything. She's one of the finest, to this day, mm. uh, one of the finest human beings you would ever meet. And, of course, people say, how did you raise her uh, to be like that? And I would say, well, you know, you'd have to raise her because she made choices and kids aren't robots and and it's I've found that a lot of times it's many times not what you do but it's how you respond to what yes. they do yeah. that makes all the difference in the world because uh, you know you can see a great parent raise mm -hmm. two children yes one you know ends up just in the basement never getting out and the other one you know is Thrives, running a company yeah. and it's the, you're the same parent so that's important that you not beat yourself up if things haven't gone well. Um, you know, when Dave Stoop, um, my buddy, was um, in his 40s, his son was still using heroin. My. And Dave was helping a lot of people. National leader. Yeah. But he learned some things. 
and his son got off of heroin and has been off for I don't know, 30 years or something like that. That's awesome. So it's never too late to, you know, make some changes and yeah. things. But you can be the best parent ever and, uh, and it not go well. But one of the things I did for Madeline as a dad is I, because her mother was not with us, I found six women that, from different perspectives, that could put into her life. So when she was 16, I had a dinner that I didn't attend, but I planned it all out and uh, she was there and these six other women and they all shared with her their best memory that they had with her and the thing that they will always remember about her Uh and it got it on tape it's videoed but anyway it just was such a wonderful thing that all of these women our real estate agent (laughs) were uh they loved her so much and so I, I feel like that's profound. You, I bet you, she still talks about it to this day oh, and she remembers does. this. She does. And, um, you know, she's married. They're both occupational therapists and, and she's just living a wonderful life. And I'm so proud of her. But, Aww. you know, sometimes if you think you have to do it all, uh, that can be a big mistake. And I didn't think I could do it all. And so I had to bring in the consultants and, yeah. and they really, From her tribe. really, yeah, helped. that's right. They oh, really that help. is so cool. So even one of the things that I hear you saying, Steve, is that if you want to be a dad who's fathering with freedom from fear, you got to bring in consultants and help set up a scenario where other voices speak into her life where you don't have a strength yeah. or a skill set. Right. And that lets fear go to the wayside as you choose a proactive stance. Right. And, and I would just say this, that the tendency in fear is to try to control that that is, that is the way most people compensate for their fears. They try to control. Yeah, and, yeah. The, and so that's a reaction. And that could produce uh, a lot of rebellion from your child because you want to be in such control. You have to be appropriate. You have to, yeah. you know, you don't want them to have too much freedom before they're responsible enough to be able to handle it. But you also don't want to think that you're going to protect them from the world and uh, it's going to go well. You have to prepare them for the world. Well, let's make this really practical and talk to the dad who has, let's say, a preteen or a teenager Mm -hmm. who loves social media. She fits the statistics. She's on her phone six hours a day. Mm -hmm. Parents are trying to put limits, Mm -hmm. but they don't work because she's sneaking off and doing what she wants anyway to be in with her friends. How does a dad, quote, not control, but yet set boundaries and guide and lead? Well, the most destructive force in America is social media. And you really do have to restrict your children for a lot of reasons. One, the influence that it has on them, but it also uh, rewires the brain to function in an unreal world. And so screen time has to be limited. Now, there's one kind of screen time that I don't limit, and that is when she is FaceTiming Ava, her best friend. And Ava will sit at the dinner table with us and Aww. and have dinner with us sometimes. <laughs> but we love her. And, and so that's a real live person. Yeah. And, and there's interaction. And it was really important during uh, the more serious times of COVID that they had that relationship. But um, sometimes social media isn't a bad thing. But that's pretty rare. It yeah, really, really has to be uh, managed and monitored. And I think 
parents that don't do that or regret that they didn't. So it's almost like you're saying, love your daughter and your son, of course, enough to let them get angry at you, to not like mm. the boundaries you set yeah. and move through those years, right, with a lot of love and support, but with boundaries. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And Steve, when we come back, I would love you to talk a little bit about how a dad can use the tools in your book, 100 Days of Freedom from Fear and Anxiety, in practical ways to help his daughter live a more balanced and less anxiety-filled life. How's that sound? Sounds good. Okay, we'll be right back. Are you a dad who has ever desired a deeper connection with your daughter? but haven't known how to go about it? Let's Talk Conversation Starters for Dads and Daughters is the very resource you need. Dr. Michelle wrote it with you dads in mind. This book will support you with scripted questions, equip you to decode your daughter, and inspire you with stories of other dads and daughters. Don't wait any longer to be the hero you wanna be and that your daughter needs you to be. So, to let the talking begin, Head on over to drmichellewatson.com forward slash books and order your copy today. This book will become a favorite in your fathering toolbox and will give you the answers you've been looking for. That's drmichellewatson.com forward slash books. Now, back to the Dad Whisperer podcast. Welcome back. I'm continuing this conversation with Stephen Arterburn, who is a gifted author and communicator and leader uh, in this nation. And you all have the privilege of learning from him today, not only as a seasoned father himself, but as someone that speaks into the lives of others and they follow his lead. So Steve, I'd love to just follow up on that question I ended with is, how does a dad use truths in your book that have obviously been tested and tried and Mm -hmm. lived out in your own life how does he use those truths and those tools to help his daughter that maybe even is anxiety ridden herself, which truth be told, that was me. Yeah. I grew up with so much fear and I find that sometimes dads just say, and my dad would say this a lot, is just quote a Bible verse and just, you know, that anxiety is not from God. And that didn't help me actually get calm. What does a dad do if, if he has a fear ridden daughter? Well, I think the, the big issue is dad shame that we think all the other dads, Christian dads, are doing it right, and many of them are. And we're missing it, and we don't want to reach out to anybody and tell them how we feel because we're afraid to do that. But I do think that that is the first thing that you have to be willing to do. Is And my wife calls it humbling down. You have to humble down yeah, that's good. and say to somebody, I, I don't know how to do this, and I need some help and some guidance and there are so many dads that have raised daughters and they love them and it's gone well that they would be more than happy to mentor you or to help you but you have to reach out to them you have to be willing to take a risk yeah humble down i think that taking a risk in self-revelation is one of the most healing things that you can possibly Mm. do and sadly we are creatures of secrecy and it just eats us alive and we never get to know what God could do if we could lower our pride and up our willingness to be known. You know, I even think of the Bible verse in Psalms that says, when I kept silent, it says about my... My bones waxed old. Yes. Like I had a 
physical aging response, right. it, a deterioration from holding it in. Yeah. And it says sins, but I think sometimes it can just be generational patterns or maybe choices that were made that we didn't have any control over. I think of that, I have an abuse history. And yeah. I go, as I then, as a pastor's daughter, I, I was either taught or it was implied, you just don't talk about certain things. Yeah. Because truth be told, I was afraid of what the response might be. But well, I have found the exact opposite of what I feared. Yeah. I've been embraced more. I've had more freedom. My bones aren't wasting away. No. Right? Well, we took it to another extreme. You know, my parents thought it'd be okay to lie to make Jesus look good. So, you know, we didn't just not what tell people. What are you talking we, about? Well, we just distorted the reality of our lives. My grandfather ah. committed suicide. I thought he died of a heart attack until I was 18 years old. Oh, so my goodness. So we, we just didn't think that, or my parents You didn't like didn't, that story, yeah. so we're going to write a new my one. My brother um, died of AIDS back in the 80s. When he got sick, my parents asked everybody at their church. My dad was like the, the, the church. He was the church. But my mom asked everybody to pray for my brother's leukemia. And so Jerry oh, would get these goodness. prayer cards for, for praying for your leukemia. And he would say, Mom, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, I think I think it'd be better if they were praying for the disease I have, oh, not the goodness. one that I Your brother even said that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So in your generation, even in honor of your brother, you two boys, is that okay if I call you that, two men are saying, we're going to do it different. You've told your daughters, your sons, yeah. the stories oh, that have happened in your life. Men, listen to him. Do not be afraid no. to tell your kids the story. And I've had, I, in fact, just last week, I had a grandma write and say, hey, I just heard you speak on telling your story. They're, you know, like five, seven, and nine. How much do I tell them yeah. about being sexually active? I think sometimes dads are afraid to say too much because of what you said earlier. Like, they'll follow my example, and I don't want them to do that. What well, would you tell that, Dad? Well, I would just say that the bond that you create with them, which is done on, in only one way, and that's eyeball to eyeball. Just like a computer downloads, well, you download love and connection with your daughter eyeball to eyeball. You can't mm -hmm. do it screen to screen or anything mm -hmm. like that. So uh, I would just say uh, if you have that bond, yeah. then you can reveal appropriately at the age level and it could be really helpful to them. Now, if you don't have that bond, then there's going to be problems yeah. anyway. But um, when my father died, my mother was just talking. She said, it's so amazing. He was a deacon in the Baptist church, and in order to be a deacon in the Baptist church, he had to stop drinking beer. And oh, did he ever love beer. I said, what? <laughs> you the never heard that story The story either. I heard, Mother, is that when he was in the Navy, one time they didn't have enough water, and he had a half can of beer. If he oh, had wow. revealed to us yes. as teenagers, hey, guys, I don't drink, but boy, did I ever love beer, you can also not drink. You can make that choice. Uh -huh. You don't have to do that. It would have been such a, a connection. Yes. But instead, yes. there was a distortion that yes. kept us apart. You know what's so interesting about our conversation is that I'm being reminded through what you're saying that you've got to talk. Yes. Again, right. we're talking about Psalms. When you keep silent, it ain't good. How's right. that for a good reframe, right. Michelle? No, paraphrase. But my book, Let's Talk, 
ends with a section that I call flipping the script, mm. where the daughter gets to ask dad questions about his life. There you go. And it, it's written out there for dads to follow. So if, if it bombs, I say, blame me and I'm your yeah. fall guy. But it's questions like, what did you learn the hard way that no one ever told you? Mm-hmm. Like, what have you learned about those things? And I think like what you're saying, and I so appreciate you revealing your own story, is he has daughters that are thriving now. And he told them the real story, yeah. different than what his parents modeled. Yeah. And you've turned it around in your generation. So, Dad, if you're listening and you were dealt a hand, because I have the same thing in my story. My dad, in fact, hasn't told much of his story. You know, grew up on the south side of Chicago, three different last names among oh the kids. Oh, my goodness. Wow. His dad died an alcoholic, a homeless, hmm. in a boxcar, worked for the railroads, had gang green. So and my dad was in gangs from the time he was 12. Like oh no template of how to be a father. Yeah. And he, he really had none. When I say none, that is not right. an exaggeration. So to be able to go to men, like you said, and say, how do I be a dialed in dad? What do I do? They would go, well, you need to have devotions every morning. He'd come up, we're going to start devotions every morning. But no one told him what to do. But there was so much cover up. And so an idea that I started a few years ago with my dad is we go grocery shopping on Monday nights. This probably started about 10, 12 mm-hmm. years ago. We had about a 10-minute drive on mm-hmm. the way home. Yeah. And I'd say, tell me one story in the next 10 minutes from your life. Because he just didn't tell them. Yeah. He'd think they were too painful. Why tell them? But I'm telling you as a daughter, and I imagine your daughters would say the same, we're dying to hear the stories yeah. from your life so that we can learn. And I think when we see that our dads are resilient... You talk about a way to father without fear. I'm internalizing a strength my dad had that he got through those things. Not just that he survived. Yeah, exactly. That, you know, he did this, that, and the other wrong. Well, the last conversation I had with my 12-year-old, I said over dinner, we went to eat at Red Robin together. That's kind of our little tradition. I said, so Amelia, tell me the thing right now that is worrying you the most thing that you're most afraid okay, of. Okay, there you go. Dad, follow Steve's lead. And, Ask your daughter that. And you know what she said? What? Um, it, it gets me. Aww. She said, um, I'm afraid of losing you. And I said, oh, honey, um, I'm not going to tell you that it's not going to happen because we know it is. And I'm not going to tell you that it's going to be a long time away. It most likely will, but things can happen at any time. But we're going to make the best of it till it does and um her little heart you know and so we started talking about the things we wanted to do while we had time to do them and so that's to me that's where um you really build the connection when you can tap into and you know maybe uh for some other daughter at a different age it would be tell me the thing that you feel the most ashamed of or the thing that you regret the most. Yeah. But ask them the questions if they're not asking you about stories. Yes. And I, I love it that you are trying to get those stories passed down. Yes. And um, I was just with my 94-year-old mom, and I heard for the first time that my father was the best dancer of anybody in high school. All <laughs> the girls loved him. He was in all the plays, all the musicals didn't know that about my dad uh, so I really encourage you to tell the find a way to facilitate yes. that storytelling and they yes. will they will be grateful forever oh I love it well I've got one last question okay. for you you got one more minute sure okay 
I love to end every program with a go step, a practical action step for men. And you've given some wonderful ones throughout our conversation. But if you just in closing could say, dad, if you want a father with freedom from fear, what would be an action step that you would encourage dads to take today? Stop doing the thing that you're afraid she would find out about you. And it's not easy to stop things you're doing, whether it's drinking too much, staying at work too much, pornography, whatever. You, you may need some help to do that. Yeah. But do it. Do that, and then you're going to be able to connect with your child better because you're not always wondering, will they find out? And yeah. the worst thing is you have this secret, and then you die, and then they find out that you were never really there. It's a terrible thing to do to your children. So I just think it's really important we start at the foundation of our character and deal with the things that we're ashamed of and... Um, and you'll be a better dad. I love it. You've given us so many practical steps today. And men, I, I know that you are gleaning from <laughs> Stephen Arterburn's wisdom and years as a father, as a leader. Thank you so much for being Thank here. Thank you, Michelle. You keep up the great work you're doing. Well, it's been a joy to have you here. I'm Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield, the Dad Whisperer, signing off mm. and encouraging you dads to make today where you intentionally and consistently invest in your daughter's heart. Go dads. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Dad Whisperer Podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. To find out how you can invite Dr. Michelle for your next event, go to drmichellewatson.com and click on the speaking tab. That's drmichellewatson.com. Dr. Michelle loves bringing practical insights she gleaned over the past few decades to audiences of teenagers, young adults, men's groups, or women's forums. Once again, go to drmichellewatson.com, that's drmichellewatson.com, for more information on the books, resources, and blogs that she has available. Remember, you can listen to the Dad Whisperer podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. And we'd appreciate it if you'd subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you again on the next edition of the Dad Whisperer podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield.